Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, it's time to get back to work. Six games remain in the regular season, three at home, three on the road, three against teams with 500 or better records. The Cardinals, as we know, are in a very good spot. Now it's just a matter of staying there. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 501, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So I would like to petition the NFL. From now on, MJ, the Cardinals need to have their bye week scheduled the same week of Thanksgiving. Is there a better week, I ask you, Bird Gang, in season to have off? And that's me, pure selfish reasons, because did a whole lot of nothing, watched a whole lot of football. I enjoyed my bye week. No, is you know it's always interesting. You know who's the home opener, how many primetime games you get, and then you look at that bye week. And a lot of times it's when you had these injuries, and clearly the Cardinals have dealt with injuries over the last, uh, I guess, dating back to the Packers game. Um, that was on the twenty eighth, and we're about a month away now. It's been a month. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, ideally. Um, like have in the middle of the season, but what a 17-game regular season, 18-game uh, weeks, 18 weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, I, I did enjoy um, – because normally, and I did ask fans Joseph last week, when's the last time you were actually off on Thanksgiving? Because we've been out here on Thanksgiving, and Cliff will get these guys out of here early, but the, either a Friday practice and they're playing at home or they're playing on the road. And this was ideal. I mean, I, I – I enjoyed myself, and I'm refreshed, and I'm ready to go for the next X amount of weeks. I can't remember the last time, if ever, the Cardinals had that week off, that Thanksgiving week. But it makes a whole ton of sense, especially when you go into that bye week on a high, having beaten the Seahawks. You're nine and two. You got the best record in all of football, and you got the Thanksgiving holiday. So family and friends, and football, food. I mean. It was, look, it was the perfect week, again, selfish for myself. The only thing wrong is what happened on Sunday because the Packers won, the Buccaneers won. The Cowboys, though, they did lose on Thanksgiving Day, so that was good news. But other than that, I mean, hey, it's hard to complain too much about where things stand with the 2021 Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and if the Cardinals would have had a losing streak, it would have been a little bit different with the narrative and the perception. You know, when's Kyler Murray coming back? And can is this sustainable? And we know that obviously they've struggled. Uh, you know, after bye weeks in the previous year, I think this team's built a little bit different. I was rooting for teams in the NFC to get that fourth loss. And I was torn about Green Bay. I wanted them to get the fourth loss because the Cardinals still play the Rams and they would own the tiebreaker there. Um, you got to give Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they have a bye week. He may have to have surgery. Um, but I, I was rooting for Dallas. I was excited about that. Four losses, you know, all of a sudden, you know, and they all got to play each other. So, I mean, 
Be curious to see what the uh, the win total is in the NFC when it's all said and done to get that number one seat. I was on record, and I can understand both sides. I wanted the Rams to lose because I'm focused on that division. Winning that division guarantees you a first-round home game. Now, I understand being greedy at this point because you're sitting atop the conference, and hey, why settle for one of those seeds where you have a first-round home game? How about you get the number one seed? So I understand the thought process of wanting the Packers to lose that game, but let's go through it. You talked about it. A six-game sprint to the finish line now, three on the road, three at home, and three against teams with 500 or better records. At Chicago, then home to the Rams. At Detroit, home to the Colts. At the Cowboys, home to the Seahawks. Those are the six games, but as we speak here on this Monday post by post-Thanksgiving, the Cardinals have a two-game lead in the NFC West after the Rams lost on Sunday. They are 7-4. and four. Hey, here come the 49ers. They've won three in a row. They are 6-5, and five, and right now the sixth seed in the conference. And as we talked about it after last week, hey, 49ers in the rearview mirror, but there's a possibility that the Cardinals do see them one more time. Yeah, and I'm glad the Cardinals have already played them twice. I mean, you still got a game against the Seahawks, and that's in Week 18. Where are the Cardinals there? I mean, is it you know what are the Seahawks playing for? I don't want Russell Wilson probably to get hurt going into the offseason. So, yeah, I mean, the focus has got to be on the Bears, obviously. But, um, you know, to me um, – the fact that they should be getting some guys back, which we'll get into, but I, I, I like where the Cardinals are. I mean, you know, we can look ahead. I know the team goes week to week, but, I mean, there's some winnable games on there, and then there's going to be some tough games. I mean, the Rams are going to be playing for their season. And, and I will say this, when you look at those five, six, and seven seeds, they normally have to play well down the stretch to get into the postseason. So they can be a dangerous team. And we all know wild card weekend. What is it? We got what's um, – they moved the game to a Monday, but you know it's six games. I want to say so: three on possibly Saturday, two on Sunday, and one on Monday. And usually those teams, it's not automatic. Um, you'll see a two or a three seed, you know, have trouble because that team's playing well. And for a team that gets a first round bye, which is only one in each conference, it's not ideal. But I would, I mean, every team's goal is to win the division. But if you have a chance to be the number one seed and going into the postseason, you're two games away from the Super Bowl. The advantages of having that number one seed outweigh anything else, but to your point about playing well into the postseason, as far as those teams where every single week beginning now becomes a must-win, like the playoffs start now. You hear that from a lot of head coaches that we have to win outs in order to make the postseason. You can't have any slip-ups, and those are the teams that, yes, Kyle Odegaard, we do believe in momentum here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals because that does mean that you get into a rhythm and you don't want that rhythm to stop when you have that number one seed yeah there's a dead stop but again the advantages no game that first weekend being at home the rest of the postseason extra rest that I think outweighs anything but there is that school of thought and how many times have we seen that wild card team make the Super Bowl win the Super Bowl so I get it there is there is no exact answer or exact science as far as what is better 
But it does as far as what that number one seed means. And I know the Cardinals are focused on one game, one week at a time, but it doesn't stop us here or anyone else from talking about the advantages of that number one seed. No, and, and really, I mean, I, John Madden always said, um, you know, really the football season doesn't start until after Thanksgiving. Belichick's a big fan of that. Um, so now we kind of know. But, you know, throughout the records, teams are – guys are playing for jobs. Coaches are playing for their futures. I mean, they're coaching for their futures. So – you know, you can look at a record and, and say, you know, you know, some teams as we get to the end, maybe it's they're just looking at the end of the season. But you know, the fact that the Cardinals were two and one without Kyler Murray, that gave a lot of people confidence going into the bye week. If it had been opposite, all of a sudden they're slipping. The Rams are right in the rearview mirror. Um, but I, I like the fact that it was nice yesterday looking at the Cardinals, 9-2, have the best winning percentage in football, and you didn't have to worry about anything. And you was, from my perspective, just looking at some of the NFC teams trying to get that third or fourth loss. But you know what it's, you know, you know it's going to come down to, Craig. I mean, whether the Cardinals are our number one seed, I mean, and I get ahead of myself, they're going to make the playoffs, okay? Now it's a matter of what seeding. It's Green Bay and Tampa. People are going to – Brady and Rodgers. So, you know, we can get it – we can't control seedings and all that stuff, but put yourself in position where you don't have to go to Green Bay or you don't have to play the Bucks on the road because they play much better. They played better yesterday on the road, but they really put up a lot of points at home. So, again, you can't navigate what's going to happen, but you can control your own destiny if you get that number one seed. And what you're going to hear a lot – beginning this week and until the season ends and we figure out how this team finishes is just that the finish because in 2019 after thanksgiving cardinals went two and three a year ago after thanksgiving cardinals went two and four this team as well as things look right now through 11 games how do they finish these six games going into the postseason they haven't clinched anything yet but where they stand it would take an utter collapse and I don't see that happening you brought up the two and one record with Colt McCoy as your starter without Kyler Murray without DeAndre Hopkins and quoting Vance Joseph before the Thanksgiving break quote it gives your entire team confidence that if you do lose your quarterback late in the playoffs or late in the year you have a guy who can win for you we heard DJ Humphreys Marcus Golden talk about how important how big it was psychologically forget the standings for a minute but just psychologically to be able to win with your best players on the sidelines now these six games we anticipate those best players to be back it will be 38 days between starts for Kyler Murray he's expected back DeAndre Hopkins is expected back Justin Pugh is expected back Jonathan Ward is expected back those are four names right there and we're just talking about players who are not on injured reserve I'll get into that in a moment but players who were not on the football field against the Seahawks that hopefully will be in uniform this week in Chicago. And I believe that was the plan. Even though, you know, each week they thought Kyler was making progress, but they felt towards the end, let's just keep him out through the bye week. And, and obviously Hopkins, we haven't seen him at all. Uh, you know, hopefully he's on the practice field. And then, you know, you got to get into kind of football shape again, even though these guys, I'm sure they're uh, going to be weighed after Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, but again, they got to hit the reset button from that standpoint. But just getting, you know, Justin Pugh back, nothing against Sean Harlow. Pugh's a starter. Uh, we know Max Garcia. So you, you would basically have your five. Now, we know that Josh Jones started the season. 
So four out of your five, but Garcia's earned the right to be your right guard. Things will settle down with Justin Pugh there. And then Jonathan Ward's really a good special teams player. And considering you're not going to get Edmonds back, and they do like Eno and, and James Conner, it just gives you a, another option out there. So, um, But without stating the obvious, getting back Kyler Murray, he was playing like an MVP. And, you know, he, his numbers, uh, I mean, they're, they're really impressive. Uh, you could see the growth from year one to year two to year three. And I always say, you know, um, usually the, the healthiest team – is going to be playing in January and possibly February. And the fact that these guys are coming back, um, this is huge. I mean, this is a time where you look at these six games, and I know they're going to look at week to week. We talked about three on the road, three at home. Um, but this is where they can kind of get back to how they were playing earlier in the season. Now, you got to put the work in, and, you know, as, the, you know, Chicago's going to try to win for Matt Nagy, you got to think. Um, so each team is going to have a different uh, mindset going in. But I, I think getting these guys back will, will give a, uh, a, a spark to the locker room. Like, hey, th- this is how th- this is their plan. Let's hit the reset button, and now let's make a run. That That's why we didn't see Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins during that three-game stretch. And we won't know anything definitively until Sunday, but practice on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday will really give us an indication just how close these players are to returning. Again, the expectation is that they will be on the football field on Sunday. Now, whether that materializes earlier in the week, we'll have to wait and see. Now, despite missing those three games, Kyler Murray still leads the league in completion percentage, yards per passing attempt, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. And again, we mentioned this on our most recent edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. He walked back into a situation in which Colt McCoy has put this team in better position than when Kyler Murray exited walking off the field at State Farm Stadium against the Green Bay Packers. 4-0 in the division, 6-0 on the road, 9-2 overall, the best record in all of football, and that was regardless of what happened Sunday between the Packers and the Rams. And, I, and again, they've earned the right to be in that position. I mean, we knew there was – you're not going to go unbeaten. And, you know, I, I – I was surprised what happened in Carolina, but I really liked the way they responded. I mean, we didn't know all week if if Kyler was going to be the quarterback or Colt. As we got closer to Sunday and Sunday morning, you kind of figured it out. But I think the defense, um, the fact that they were kind of embarrassed in that Carolina game, they they stepped up, and and it gives us some confidence. There's nothing worse, and I think you pointed it out on the postgame show, just a perception of going into the bye week with a loss. Now you have three losses, eight and three versus 9-2 and two and sitting atop of the NFL when it comes to winning percentage with six games to go. So one game, just from the narrative, oh, the Cardinals, they need Kyler Murray. They can't win. Well, they won two out of three games without Kyler Murray. Yeah, it would have been a two-game losing streak, three out of four going into that bye week. And, yeah, the narrative would have been loud locally and nationally when you look at this team. Well, and then you had some guys after the game like Jordan Hicks, bless his heart, he's like, I want to play again. <laughs> I'm like, you play every single snap. Let the body rest. But I know what he's saying. Like, when you when you, you get the taste of winning after what happened the week before, you want to keep going. But I'm sure he enjoyed his, his uh, rest time, and obviously they're going to need him like anyone else here in the, in the final six games and plus the postseason. A reminder, Bird Gang, Pro Bowl voting underway. Go to NFL.com slash Pro Bowl votes. You can vote 
early votes often. Voting runs through December 16th. Send your favorite Cardinals players to the Cardinals or the game, I should say, on Sunday, February 6th in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. And an update on the first wave of ballots. Eight Cardinals are in the top ten at their positions. For those that might not have seen Darren Urban's article up on azcardinals.com, Five on defense, Buda Baker, Marcus Golden, Chandler Jones, Byron Murphy, and Isaiah Simmons. Baker is tops among safeties in the NFC, so props to him. And then three on offense, Kyler Murray, Rodney Hudson, and Kelvin Beecham. Beecham, by the way, the second most votes in the league among tackles. He's never been selected to the Pro Bowl in his career. So that offensive line, hey, we mentioned it. They don't get a lot of love and attention. Well, Cardinal fans, you are giving Rodney Hudson and Kelvin Beecham a lot of love and attention and well-deserved. And no doubt. And and we know Beecham is just a great guy in the locker room. He does a lot in the community. But he's he's really given this team a lift at right tackle. We didn't know if Josh Jones was going to be the right tackle. We didn't know if Beecham was coming back. And obviously it was based on him playing for Sean Cougar. He said he would never play right tackle for any other coach. Um, but in, and he missed a couple of games, but he's be, he's been a nice little fixture. I don't have to worry about him going into games where sometimes if it was Josh Jones or Sean Harlow, you're like, okay, teams are going to exploit that. And when it comes to Rodney Hudson, he is the number one still in the league. And I don't know about pro football, you know, the focus and, and pro football focus grades, but Yes, I'll take some of those low snaps maybe in the first quarter than the fourth quarter, but he is the number one center right right now when it comes to pressures. Well, according to Kingsbury, that Hudson is playing through, quote, a bunch of different injuries. So in Kingsbury's words, the bye week came at a good time for Rodney Hudson. And, quote, you'll see that cleaned up pretty quickly when he was asked about the number of low snaps out of the shotgun. So, again, Rest, recovery, that's what the bye week was for. Getting back to those players that now are on injured reserve that we might see over the next week or weeks to come. We do know Chase Edmonds is not eligible to be activated off IR this week. He needs to miss at least one more game. But Aaron Brewer, Rashard Lawrence, Tanner Vallejo, Charles Washington, all those players on IR likely or expected to come back at some point during these final six games before the regular season ends. Now, J.J. Watt, likely done for the regular season, but Steve Keim on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station last week did say that Watt underwent surgery, and there is hope, there is belief that if there is a player that can come back from that type of surgery and that wasn't as extensive as it was reported initially but there is a belief that J.J. Watt might be able to return come postseason time and and again not to get ahead of ourselves, but if you can somehow get one of the, the top seed all of a sudden that gives him another week um, but he, he would definitely give this team a lift I mean again when he was on the field teams have to uh, you know they have to ID him yeah, he's getting up there in age. He's coming off an injury, but he plays with a lot of passion. He's brought a lot of credibility to this locker room, a lot of leadership on and off the field. So he would definitely give you a lift. And as for Charles Washington, you know, we'll see if he's able to practice. But, um, you know, he, he dealt with a, a hamstring injury, and it was a little bit more se- severe than they initially thought. But he's a really good special teams player, and he can give you some uh, flexibility if you have to, you know, I noticed over the weekend, Craig, maybe it was yesterday and uh, Thursdays, teams are playing a lot more three three safeties. 
And the Cardinals obviously have two safeties. They they trust Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy and, and Robert Alford. But it just seems like teams now are playing three safeties just to load up the box. So, um, you know, Charles Washington, he's an underrated player, uh, more of a special teams player. But, again, that's what you need uh, to be – uh, on cue with all three phases of your team because adding Charles Washington, he's one of the better special teams players. I mean, think about it. They claimed him when they had the first pick in the uh, the claim that year, and he's still on the roster. Yeah, that would be big, his return. And then we know Max Williams is done for the season. Kylie Fitz is done for the season. And an update, Justin Murray, his season is done. The Cardinals offensive lineman, remember the team designated him to return, opening up a 21-day window for him to practice and be evaluated. Well, that window closed late last week without him being activated, so he reverted back to injured reserve for the rest of the season. Kingsbury did acknowledge, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago, that Murray he suffered a setback. He was dealing with a back injury, so it's unfortunate. It does hurt the depth at the offensive line position, but you still have Josh Jones. You still have Sean Harlow, Marcus Henry, guys that you can plug in if needed, but hopefully we'll get our five offensive linemen for the rest of the year, and that does include Max Garcia being as close to 100% as possible. Yeah, and again, Justin Pugh, we'll see how much he's able to do this week. I mean, Wednesday's injury report, you would hope it's a lot um, shorter than it's been just going into the bye week. But, you know, and then Aaron Brewer, I mean, that that's an area where – They've gone through a couple already when it comes to long snappers. One got injured in practice. Uh, obviously, they weren't happy with what transpired in the previous game. Um, so, I mean, and it's a, I don't, it's a broken arm or a forearm. I don't know. It's got is it on his right hand or left hand? I guess I don't. I should know that stuff. But um, they need to get him back now because that's something we don't talk about until something happens. And something did happen with Bo Brinkley being long snapper in Seattle. Some of those snaps maybe a little wide, and then obviously the laces were out on one of those. So something to keep an eye on, and the Cardinals are keeping an eye on as well. Brinkley is on the practice squad, so my guess is that he will be elevated once again this week and be the long snapper of record in Chicago. We'll have to wait and see on that. But this, these six games, if you kind of zoom out, because later in the week we'll be able to focus specifically on the Bears and the fact that they won on Thanksgiving Day. But the, I wouldn't say issues, but outside of health, concerns, question marks that you might have on offense or defense when you look at this team. And I get it, Bird Gang, we're, we're nitpicking here. You're 9-2, and two, yet there are flaws because no team is perfect. Well, I think when you get to this time of the year, and you know this is probably going to be the old cold, cold weather game unless they have to go to Green Bay in the playoffs. Um, I think they got to uh, run the football, um, and it would help with Chase Edmonds back. But again, James Conner has carried the load. I mean, I made the case last week. Without you know, with Kyler missing three games, James Conner to me could be the MVP. Now, it doesn't mean Kyler is not the MVP of the team based on his numbers, but this guy's—I mean—he's a difference maker. So, I, I think not so much to commit to the run game because you get Kyler back and hop back. All of a sudden, you got your weapons, and then Zach Ertz is a guy. We, you know, it seems like whether it's Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray, they're going to throw the ball to him. Uh, I just think you've got to get more physical at this time of the year and lean on what your your strengths are, and that's the offensive line and run the football. And then clearly 
stopping the run. I mean, uh, you know, we know this team can force turnovers. We know this team is, has been better on third downs. We know the team maybe maybe a game or two wasn't really good in the red zone, but there's little things, and I'm sure they did a self-evaluation. And Kingsbury wouldn't tell us because of the couple uh, the previous years where this team, you know, obviously struggled after the bye week, and, you know, they, were, they weren't firing all cylinders. Kyler was banged up. Um, but this is important to when they do self-evaluation. And, and, again, it's not about calling anybody out. It's like if we're going to make a run here, these are the areas we have to focus on. But also, we, you know, their, their identity of this football team is complementary football. That's what they, they have to do if they want to keep winning. Games change in December, and now that there are games, regular season games in January, the game does slow down. It is played a little bit differently as far as being able a little bit more ball control, not to say that the Cardinals couldn't win it if they spread it out and air it out, but I'm glad you brought up running the football because there is still that narrative, the air raid, and look how much they throw the ball. Look at the numbers, specifically the run-pass ratio within this offense. Cardinals run the ball almost 47% of the time. So you do the math. That means they're throwing the ball 53% of the time. We talk about 50-50 split. No team is ever 50-50, but that's about as close as you're going to get, especially in a quote-unquote air raid offense, which it's not. And then you look at how many times they run the football. Almost 31 times they run the football per game. That's the fourth most in the league. Those are numbers that don't get talked enough about when you look at what this offense is with Kyler Murray as the quarterback and Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach. And you look at those numbers and we look at the rushing numbers. I think they would they have last year 21. I think Kyler had 11 and, and Connor, I mean, between Connor, I, I think they had 21 rushing touchdowns last year. Anyways, and we're not talking about Kyler running and the, a lot of those numbers reflected when Chase Edmonds was here. So getting him back for the Rams game, that's the first game he can come back. Now you got the one-two punch. And we know that both guys can catch the ball in the backfield. So Cliff can really run his offense. There shouldn't be any hesitation. But uh, analytics people will laugh at me because they say that you still have to pass the ball and it's a spread. But, uh, Craig, I've been a big believer my whole life since I've been covering the NFL and, and maybe I'm just old school. If you run the ball 30 or more times in the game, you're going to see balance on offense where you're not predictable. If we were sitting here today saying they're only running at 35% versus 65%, that's a huge difference. Teams go load up on the box and, and, and force you to throw the ball, and they don't want to do that with Kyler Murray. So that, to me, is a barometer. I'm sure it doesn't fly with the analytics, but my, my eyes tell me when you – if you come out of game with 20 rushes, you're probably gonna you probably had to throw the ball too much. And who, I didn't think Colt McCoy would throw that many passes, but you didn't have Chase Edmonds, and and, and obviously you know Benjamin was a more of a you know a, a role player there. But yeah, again, air raid is they have air raid concepts, but they're running a power running game. Sean Coogler, I mean. That's all. With the, they're they're running a power run game, and the offensive line loves to run the football. Yes, it, I mean they've adapted to how they block for Kyler Murray. You just stay on your man and just figure out he's either going to throw it or run it. 
But those running numbers are really without Kyler Murray, and that's the difference from the last two years. And because they've played with the lead so often for those first 11 games, you're able to, as you said, not be predictable, have that entire playbook at your disposal so you can run the ball a little bit more, not forced to throw it because you're playing catch-up. How many times do we see this team have a lead in the fourth quarter, maybe when they're on their winning streak? I, I can go back to the Titans game. Um, the Minnesota game, obviously, that, that that was a difficult game because of you know just how they were able to run the football and, and obviously Kirk Cousins and everything else, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Um, towards late in the, in the Jaguars game, uh, clearly in the Rams game, uh, the 49ers game, that was the whole idea. And you, uh, we've talked about it before. When you get a lead, you can rush seven to ten times in the fourth quarter. And then sometimes it was 12 or 13 rushes. And that's where you lean on James Conner. We're not talking about short yardage situation anymore. We're not talking about Kyler going under center on short yardage, even though he's doing a little bit more. Um, so that's their offense, and, and really starts up front. And that's why I I, I feel like um, running the ball at least 30 times a game. And you said it's fourth in the league, and you would have thought it, they'd be in the bottom five based on perception. Yeah, and perception here is not reality when you talk about the 2021 Arizona Cardinals, which we do here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, now let's flip it because you also brought up the run defense, and this would be my number one concern when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals looking at the defense. They are allowing almost 114 yards on the ground, 4.7 yards per carry. That's 30th in the league. That is not good. Yet they've only allowed one 100-yard rusher. That was Dalvin Cook. And remember, in that game, he was outstanding in the first half, yet held to 35 yards in the second half. It's the inconsistency we're seeing out of the rush defense because there are times that they are stopping the run and then there are times that they're getting gashed and some of those numbers can be misleading when you're on a winning streak or you're one nine of 11 yet at the same time it does pose a problem because if you can run the football effectively i.e what the green bay packers did then that does put this defense back on its heels now easier said than done how many teams have that ability to have a sustained running attack and really force the cardinals to change their game plan or be on their P's and Q's, so to speak, to where they're focused on stopping the run. So for me, that would be an issue, and it's not really an, an issue. Again, it's something you want to see become more consistent and maybe have those numbers not not look so horrible on paper. To me, when you, when you look at the Cardinals, um, I don't like the average per attempt. And again, Teams can go from the 20 to the 20. It's just when they get to that second layer. And, I mean, it's not like they're giving up 160 yards on the uh, on the ground per game, but it's it's some of those games where, you know, you look at the Packers game um, in, in Carolina, obviously, with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it, they were getting gashed, and that puts you behind the eight ball. And those are two losses right there just based on um, – but I would like to see that average get below four, meaning put teams in, in – third and seven versus third and two. And that's where fans obviously emphasize uh, first and second down. And there were a couple weeks in a row where they were giving a 4.5 yards on first down. That plays right into the uh, to the offense where the defense now has to – he's got to gimmick, gimmick, gimmick it up a little bit from a standpoint, what, do I bring pressure? Or are we going to try to play man-to-man? We know they're playing more zone. So, again, 
Uh, I looked it up. So right now the Cardinals have 17 rushing touchdowns. Connor has 12. Um, Kyler Murray has one. And then Chase Edmonds last year, they had 22 touchdowns total. Kenyon Drake had 11. Kyler Murray had uh, – Kenyon Drake had 10. Kyler had 11. And Chase – so they're already – they had 22 last year, and they already have 17 with six games to go. So they are committed to the run. And on the flip side, again, they're only allowing seven rushing touchdowns. So right. there's that there's that inconsistency because there are some numbers that look great, other numbers don't. And I'm glad you brought up Vance Joseph because, you know, we're I focus on the run defense and specifically the yards per carry, but this was Vance Joseph late last week before the Thanksgiving holiday when he looks at his defense. Quote we struggle when we don't win first down, we don't win second down, and we're in third and short all game, and that's not our formula. Our formula is to dictate from a defensive perspective, and it's always about winning first and second down and keep the third downs longer. End quote. We'll go back to the first loss, the Green Bay Packers. That defense that night allowed four and a half yards on first down. The other loss, the Carolina Panthers, the defense that night allowed 5.4 yards on first down, and it goes back to having the entire playbook at your disposal and saying we can do whatever we want because it's second and short and third and short. And then it goes back to Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden being able to rush the quarterback and get pressure on the quarterback. How do you do that? Well, you get third and long, second and long, but it goes back to winning on first down. And then the two losses, the Cardinals were unable to win on first down. And that just kind of puts the defense on its heels to where you can't have Coach Joseph dial up the pressure and look at different ways to affect the offense or get into the backfield. So, yes, run defense, but it goes back to what are you doing on first down where you're able to stop them or force a loss, and then you're able to kind of do a little bit more pressure and get those quarterbacks off their spots. Well, I mean uh... – I'm stating the obvious here, but it's it's this team is a little bit different when they play with the lead, and and once they go with up tempo, whether it's seven to ten points, all of a sudden you're taking the other team out of their game plan. Where clearly a couple times this year we've seen it where teams are holding the ball close to 40 minutes, Packers, Panthers, and obviously Kyler didn't play in that game, but the fact is that they feel like if we can run the ball time of possession, keep their offense off the field, then they can't play that complimentary football where the defense is forcing turnovers, special teams is changing field position. But, um, yeah, again, I, like I said, I, I like where they're at. I, I'm, I'm thrilled that we're not talking about, you know, this guy's out for the rest of the year. This guy's – they got guys coming back that are five-star players. On both sides of the ball, whether it's the quarterback, wide receiver, running back position, defensive line. So, yeah – this is a team that hopefully, and I'll knock on wood here, that is getting healthier beginning this week and then over the next several weeks you start getting those familiar names back on the practice field and back on the field to play on Sunday. Yeah, and, and one of the things that really sticks out, the Cardinals have scored 38 touchdowns. Their opponents have only scored 23. And that's when they're averaging 400 yards, 30 points a game. I don't know how realistic that is at this time of the year teams get a little more conservative the weather changes you know i haven't looked at the weather forecast but they got to go to chicago here uh we know they're reeling a little bit but for the most part though 
um, when they when, and when I say play with the lead, it doesn't have to be like a 17 nothing. It's play with the lead to where you can control um, the tempo and the game, and that's going to help your defense out. When you're coming from behind, now you have to throw a little bit more, and that's when they get to uh, they hit Kyler Murray. Cardinals offensively rank fourth in scoring at 28.2 points per game. Defensively, they are number four in scoring defense at 18.4. So as much as we just focused on the run defense and winning on first down, it's 18.4 points per game this defense is allowing and only allowing three fourth-quarter touchdowns. You keep a team under 20 points, that becomes maybe a little bit more magnified, especially in December and January and in the postseason because teams typically don't score as much during those final two months and into the postseason as they did in the first half of the season. But I wouldn't put it past this Cardinals offense, especially with a healthy Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, your entire offensive line. There's really no reason why they can't continue to get that 30-point mark, which has been the benchmark for this offense. And I think initially when we didn't see Hop out there, go back to the Packers game where he only played 15 snaps, um, it seemed like maybe those next couple of games we didn't see the same separation. And then A.J. Green was out, and then he returned. And, and then, you know, they kind of – him and Rondell Moore didn't have a great game, but they bounced back in the Seattle game. I mean, you look at Christian Kirk, 49 receptions. Rondell Moore, 47. Um, DeAndre uh, Hopkins has 35, seven touchdowns, and he hasn't played since the Packers game. A.J. Green, 34, three touchdowns. So And, and they, miss, they miss Chase Edmonds in the passing game, but I think – a guy like Zach Ertz is, 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 is a guy that you could target. Uh, Edmonds is a little bit different, but I think Zach Ertz is a guy that you could spread the ball around. And clearly both quarterbacks have chemistry with him in a short amount of time. A couple other items here as we reconvene here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Again, Pro Bowl voting underway. Go to NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. Voting runs through December 16th. Also, if you haven't already seen it or just want to watch it again, Cardinals Flight Plan, Episode 6, Ready to Rise, is available on YouTube.com slash Cardinals. All the behind-the-scenes coverage you've come to expect. You can hear from General Manager Steve Kime, Buda Baker, Zach Ertz, Marcus Golden interviewed in a whirlpool, James Conner ride along, Sean Kugler mic'd up at practice. Kind of a good look back through those first 11 games. The highs, the lows, but an 11-game look in the recent episode, Rise or Ready to Rise, Cardinals Flight Plan, Episode 6. I was fired up. I, I, I love the trailer, and I, I was fired up to watch it. And, I mean, it's, you, you try to recall a lot of different things, and there's just the ebb and flows of the season. And this has been one of the best seasons I've covered. Obviously, you look at the uh, – the 13 and three team, and they went on a 10 or 11 game winning streak. Uh, but I think this team is, is is has a better coaching staff, and I think that they have more talent. Doesn't mean they're going to win 13 and go 13 and three and go to the NFC Championship game. But this has been a fun season, and regardless if they go five and 12, you know we got a job to do. But this has been a, uh, it's been a magical season, and we're just getting started because six games to go. Seating is, is, is right in their hands, whether it's a one seat or two seat. So this is exciting times. And it was so refreshing yesterday. And I, and I, I was talking to some of my friends uh, that I spend Thanksgiving with. I said, you know what? When it comes Sunday, you don't have to yell at the TV. 
Take a break. Take a break. You don't have to yell at the TV and fire this guy. And 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 they said it's been the opposite this year. We can enjoy watch. I I think a lot of fans are like, huh, I miss the Cardinals because they're winning, but also this team needed a break. They they need to they need to get refreshed. And uh, I think the break came at a great time. And I couldn't agree with you more when you started the show. Like this is the perfect bye week. And now the season really begins. Yes. These final six games beginning with the trip at Chicago. And let's see if Chandler Jones can't do what he did the last time the Cardinals were on the road. Might have missed it. He was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week second time this season. Obviously week one at Tennessee. But Chandler Jones on the road. Very, very good. And he was honored for his two-sack, three-quarterback hit, one-force fumble effort at Seattle. And again, second time this week. And interesting, five times now he has won Defensive Player of the Week with the Cardinals. The most in franchise history. I'm going to say that again. The most in franchise history as he pushed down Adrian Wilson, who they had been tied with four Defensive Player of the Week honors. Yeah, I'm I'm so thrilled for Chandler. I know the way he worked out in the offseason, and you know, obviously he, he was motivated regardless of the contract and everything else. But, you know, he had a great week one, and he was pressing. He missed a couple games, and, and, and I just thought, you know what? This guy's too talented not to get to the quarterback, and clearly teams were getting rid of the ball. I mean, P.J. Walker and, and uh, um, uh, who was the other guy, Aaron Rodgers, they were getting rid of the ball. Um, but he's put the work in. He's he's just a great teammate. Um, you know, we watch, we get a chance to see him warm up. He's so into it. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy for him because you never want to see someone that's working hard and don't get rewarded. And a lot of these guys work hard, and maybe they don't, doesn't show up in the stat sheet. But him, he's judged on getting to the quarterback. And it's not just the sacks, but it's nice to see him kind of own the Seattle Seahawks considering they're one of the, the teams the Cardinals have been dealing with for the last few years. And according to Vance Joseph, Chandler Jones hitting his stride right now, but it goes back to being able to win on first and second down. So you have that quarterback standing in the pocket waiting and waiting, and it gives more time for Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden to get to the quarterback and get those sacks. Marcus Golden, can't forget about him leading the uh, team with 10 sacks and Chandler Jones just two behind with eights and it's reminiscent of that season in which they were both in double figures as far as sacks and that goes a long way because not only does it fire up the crowd at home but it quiets the crowd on the road yeah and really it all starts up front I mean you know Corey Peters and and, and then you throw in Lucky and hopefully get Rashard Lawrence back and, and I'm anticipating good things from Zach Allen I mean I I, I think that he's shown he can be the guy um, and you only can double team certain amount of guys, so that those guys should win some one-on-one matchups. I like the way Dogby's played. Um, that's where it all starts, though. I mean, when, you, when you're talking about stopping the run, and we know that the uh, the linebackers, you know, between Jordan Hicks and Isaiah Simmons, they've played well. Um, you know, there's, they got to find some depth there, though. I mean, Joe Walker. Are we going to see Zayvon Collins get some more time? He, he didn't play a single defensive snap. He was a gunner on special teams in that game, played 21 snaps. You know, I, I, I want to go back to last year when Vance said when they came off the bye week and he said Isaiah Simmons came back as a different player. Do you recall that? I do remember that. Well, hopefully, and again, they're trying to win games versus develop somebody. If you had the opposite record, he should be out there. And you got to give Jordan Hicks a ton of credit because he's earned it and he's been one of the better players. But – I would like to see them find a package for him. But 
if if Vance is not comfortable enough, then you know you got to go with some experienced guys. And according to Vance Joseph, it hurt Collins when literally he got hurt a couple of weeks back, and it slowed him down. They bring in Tanner Vallejo, and he was playing well. You didn't want to sub him out and ruin that momentum. Now Vallejo's hurt, and we did see Zayvon Collins play a lot in Week Ten when Vallejo got hurt, but nothing last week or the most recent game in Seattle. We'll see if that changes, but you hope. Not that the light bulb goes on for Zayvon Collins, but much like we saw with Isaiah Simmons, your snap count increases, you become more involved as the season progresses, and we just haven't seen that. There's been an up-and-down roller coaster with Zayvon Collins. And I'll go back, you know, it's it's a great problem to have when you're 9-2. and two. Now, if it's 2-9, and nine, then all bets are off and, and something's not working. But right now, you just don't need Zayvon Collins. Next year, year after, different story. Yeah, and, and the good news is and he's playing on special teams, so he's trying to find a role. I mean, the worst thing would be, well, he's not one of our top 46 guys. He's inactive. That that would not be good. I mean, and he's really one play away from, you know, getting more opportunities. I don't think it's the lack of uh, effort, uh, the way he practices. Um, you know, you could see the upside. It's just right now it's, it's probably just he doesn't have the experience like a lot of these other guys. I mean, Isaiah Simmons played at Clemson. You know, Jordan Hicks has been in the NFL for a long time. Not saying he wasn't a great player in college, but it's a different animal when you get to the NFL. One other note, um, and it certainly garnered a lot of attention while we were gone a week ago or during the uh, bye week, but the Cardinals did make a change with their third-string quarterback. Chris Strebler has been released. Trace McSorley signed off the Ravens practice squad, and I think a lot of people were trying to read into, hey, what does this mean about Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy? Are they healthy? Are they hurt? And I just think it's looking at trying to get better at every position and understanding that if you do lose a Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy is your starter, you're one snap away, and who do you want to be that guy? Now, we've talked about it a lot. If you're down to your third-string quarterback, it, it doesn't matter in this league because teams don't win with third-string quarterbacks. You can't win consistently with third-string quarterbacks. It's hard enough to win consistently with backup quarterbacks. But to me, it was just a way to improve that third-string position. And again, hopefully we don't see McSorley at all this season unless we get to the point late in the year where seedings and playoff positioning has been decided and you want to rest a Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy, then we might see Trace McSorry. And McSorry doesn't have a lot of experience. He was a four-year starter at Penn State. Um, he's got some moxie, meaning he's a tough guy. I mean, he's, he's, he was a third-string quarterback when Lamar Jackson went down um, and he couldn't play. They, they went with uh, another quarterback. Um, we saw we saw Strebler when when Kyler was out for like a, a package. Uh, I just don't think the Cardinals wanted to be in position if Kyler went down and McCoy went down. Now again, we don't know a lot about McSorley, but I will tell you this: the Cardinals wanted to move Chris Strebler to special teams, and he decided to take a couple days off. And his dream is to be a quarterback in the NFL. And based on his tweet, uh, he's moving on. But there was an option for him to come back. They think he can be a good special teams player. He still wants to be a quarterback. So they were going to bring him back on the practice squad. Here was his tweets on Sunday talking about Chris Trevler. Thankful the Arizona Cardinals gave me an opportunity the past two years to my teammates and coaches. It's been an honor getting to go to work with you every day to the strength staff, athletic trainers, equipment staff, and nutritionists. I appreciate you all. 
on to the next opportunity. End of tweet. So wish nothing but the best for Chris Strebler, but for the Cardinals, it's how do we get better in the here and now and also looking for the rest of this season. This is not a move about next season or the season after that. It's the six games and then hopefully a lengthy playoff run. Yeah, and if Strebler wants to play quarterback, I'm sure there's a team out there that may put him on the practice squad. Um, you know, listen, it, it was, you know, everyone was looking for the next Taysom Hill. Um, he obviously struggled when he got a chance to play. He probably shouldn't have been in that position, but quite frankly, he did beat out Brett Hundley in camp. Uh, people don't want to, they don't want to believe it. it. It was open competition. Hundley was going, he went as, as the backup quarterback and he lost out. And so it wasn't ideal. He probably should have been thrown in the mix there. Um, they probably should have been running the football in that game, but that's that's hindsight now. But, um, you know, if he wants to be a quarterback again, maybe um, he'll find a place. But uh, they, they, they considered bringing him back as a special teams player. And, again, you can't uh, begrudge the guy. He wants to be a quarterback in the league, and, and maybe he'll have an option. It only takes a, a team or two to bring him in. It's good to be back. Oh, it's great to MJ. be back. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. Six-game sprint to the finish line, and we'll have it all right here on Cardinals Cover 2. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.